Hello and welcome to a another episode back for the new season Devil in the Detail podcast. My fault for for the uh, premature end for the last season, you know, doing unimportant things like PhD and all that all that kind of I know exactly, but we've got lots of stuff to talk about. We've got De Gea about his uh, kind of uh, his performance yesterday. We're going to go through United United's potential signings where we need uh, more signings and uh, go through the the top six clubs their signings their transfer window so far rate them out of 10 and go through what is the been the best and the worst uh, signings of the window so far so let's get straight into it then David De Gea I think you've been a very strong opinions on this one you know what people of De Gea Deck I know you're a big De Gea fan you're a big guy you, you, you worship Mark Goldbridge he says <laughs> he, he says jump you say how high that's just how it is but I, I just I I can't stand him man it's just so one dimensional I said this on TikTok the other day if I said to you you could have a striker who can finish from anywhere inside the 18 yard box but he's built like fucking me fucking 5 foot 6 fat as fuck weighs 20 stone can't dribble can't pass a ball would you start him up front for a team that wants to be in the Champions League next season and my answer would be no. So shot stopping, it's important for goalkeepers. I know it's probably the most important attribute. Probably. But, well, can, yeah, it is. But can we, so can much... we take that probably out of it, please? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so much more to modern goalkeeping, bro. There just is. You need to yeah. be able to claim crosses. You need to be able to come off your line and stop attacks, stop people from taking shots, distribute the ball, be good with your feet. And there's so many things that De Gea just can't do that for a top-level team, I just don't think it's good enough anymore. Yeah. That, that's my opinion on it. You know, I, I agree with, with some of your points. Um, but my thing is, every like everyone's sort of been given a, a second chance, you know. Martial's been, been uh, like, back in the squad. You know, he doesn't really deserve deserve a, a second chance, really, for him wanting to yeah, leave before. Rashford, last season, he was absolutely terrible. He doesn't deserve a, a second chance. And yet, he's been given a second chance. And yet, people on De Gea feel so strongly about not wanting him in the team and there's people in there that probably don't deserve a second chance that are given second chances and yet De Gea deserves his chance to either succeed or fail this season if he's absolutely terrible this season and we can see that one of the biggest problems with Ten Hag coming in and the style of play is De Gea which that's what I guess your your hypothesis would be that you yeah. think that you think De Gea will be a problem but I think mm-hmm. he deserves the chance to either succeed or fail this season for, you know, what he's you know done for the club and what and he was one of our best players last season. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but for me, he was uh, one of our best our best players. I know it was a I low bar, but yeah, exactly. It, I don't know, man. I think Martial, I agree with. I don't think you can beat Rashford with the same stick though. Martial's had a lot of poor seasons. Rashford, up until last season, was probably our best player over the past couple of years. Him and Bruno, he had a really good season in. 2019-20, wasn't it? The COVID season after lockdown. So I, d- I do get what you're saying. and But it's not like I'm only I'm only coming for De Gea or people are only coming for De Gea online. I think if you actually looked into it, people are coming for everyone. If Aguero has a bad performance, it's, it's, a, it's the same kind of thing. But mm. I agree Martial's had too many chances. I don't think he should be anywhere near that team anymore. But I don't know. I just, I just can't get my head around why people still think he's brilliant. I think that's my main issue with it. Like, I know he's going to be hard to replace. There's not many world-class goalkeepers out there that we could get to replace him. I mean, Magnon, Sanchez, people like that, I'd take over to here in a heartbeat, especially Magnon anyway. But I, 
I don't know. I, I, don't I think th- everyone's getting criticised. Yeah, but I don't think... De Gea, it's, it's a bit more than that. It's as if people are bloody wanting him. I know I'm not saying you, I'm just saying it in general. It's almost as if people that, that don't like De Gea, they're almost waiting for him to make a mistake and then they bloody... they they cream themselves when he does because they go absolutely mental on, on social media. And yet I think he... that's a fan base though, isn't it? I think that's just a fan base in general. Like once you've flagged us having a bad performance or people start not to like you, it's the same with Pogba when he was here. It was the same with Maguire. It was the same with Rashford. Same with Bruno last season. He was a massive scapegoat. And I'd argue that he's over a sustained period of time, he's probably on a similar level to De Gea and how he carried us in, that, in the last couple mm-hmm. of seasons. So I think once you've been flagged as having a bad, a few bad performances, I think that's it for you there. And I don't think, like, I'm not waiting for anyone to make a mistake. Like, I hope a lot of United fans agree with this, but I never want to see anyone do badly. Like, I don't yeah. like Martial. I think he's had enough chances. But if he scored 25 goals next season, buzzing. Thank, come back, Tony. Great. But I don't, I don't know. I just, I just think he's had too many. He's not had too many chances. I just think he's been like this for a long, long time now. I think he's been more prominent. Probably in the last two or three seasons, two or three seasons under Ollie than compared to Mourinho, but I, do, I just think it's time for him to go. It's time to go. I think it's time to go. And <laughs> I think next season we'll see that. That kind of leads on quite nicely to um, to our remaining positions that we need to kind of strengthen. I've got down here one, two, three, four, well, four, possibly five, on, six. Really. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so. And this is one of the things with De Gea, while I'm not just completely like on board with like all of the criticism, just for the fact that I think there are other areas. And it was the same as last season where he was getting some critics about his distribution. I think that there's still, even after signing um, a centre-back, uh, a left-back, which I didn't think should be the priority, but anyway, yeah. um, even signing these players... Um, and Christian Eriksen, I still think there are more priority areas that we need to deal with before we start thinking about a, a goalkeeper. So I've got as my priority positions are DM, most Obviously, like yeah. the, the, what we've been crying out for yeah. for many a season, uh, a right back because I think Wambasaka gets nowhere near the team and rightfully so, and he's probably going to get sold. So a right back, uh, mm-hmm. a right wing. A striker, yeah. certainly, if, if 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 Ronaldo goes, we can't just go into the season with Martial as the only realistic option. Yeah, yeah. And I put a goalkeeper because um, I think, you know, Henderson's gone. I think we need a keeper, second-choice keeper, better than um, Tom Heaton. Better than Definitely. Tom Heaton. I, don't, I don't know what we were thinking with that one, yeah. honestly. Before so, getting someone else in, it's absolute madness. Yeah, and I've got possibly two if Ronaldo leaves for in terms of strikers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a lot of positions that we need to... And I put goalkeeper there. I put goalkeeper right at the very bottom. But in terms of... That's a second-choice goalkeeper for me. For you, I think you'd want a goalkeeper to come in as a, as a yeah, first choice. Yeah, but I'm being realistic, though. I mean, mm-hmm. if we're going to talk about positions we want to improve, I'd probably actually say seven or eight. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. I know De Gea's staying. He's loaned out Henderson. He's obviously not going anywhere. And to be honest, I don't think any club that's going to pay them when he's interested anyway. I don't know who... If you look at the top teams around Europe, Atletico Madrid or Black, you know, Chelsea, Mendy, the list goes on and on. So I think if he was to leave United, he'd probably have to drop down a level and go to like a fifth, sixth place team, maybe a Roma, something like that. I don't, just because of that Mourinho link. So I'm going to be semi-realistic with mine. Um, I'd say 
we need a right back as well because if we're going to get rid of Rambasaka, I think we want to even get rid of him on on loan if possible. Mm-hmm. So I'd say get rid of get a right back in. Obviously, a DM is a top priority. Um, another centre midfielder as well, if I'm being quite honest, because I don't think Frankie De Jong fits into that DM role. I know he can play yeah. there, but in an ideal world, he shouldn't really play there. So if I name four, I'd go right wing, two two DMs, and a right back. To be honest with you, I'm not I'm not quite sure who. Um, in terms of right wing, obviously the only player we've really been solidly linked to is Anthony, but I, I I doubt his credentials to come in and change United season and to fully kick on. He's still young, he's still quite raw, and I think he's very similar to Sancho in the way that they play. They're not they're more creators than goal scorers, and if we've got Martial playing up front next season, who could easily flop and only get ten league goals, we're going to need someone to contribute more, and I just don't think Anthony's going to do that. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I can see that. It's interesting. Well, you said that you're not entirely sure who is going to fill its position, but that's what I'm going to ask you, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'll go. I'll go first with my DM. I've got De Jong there, um, mm-hmm. but again, like you said, he's not really a holding midfield. But it, it's interesting. I know you're going to say. I know you're going to say. What Sagara, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one person <laughs> we've been we've been most strongly linked to. He's more. Of fits that profile as a as a as a holding midfielder, and I think he's he's very obviously very attain, attainable from uh, from PSV. You know, he's uh, ten hag so far we've saw. He loves it. He loves the bloody uh, loves Dutch the league. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think uh, you know he he kind of fits the bill. If we can't get De Jong over the line, because I don't think we're going to sign two more midfielders. I think De Jong is yeah. his first choice, so it's important and it's clearly the, the highest priority signing. Um, yeah, it's not even, I don't even want to think about not having another him. option other than yeah. him at the minute. Yeah, exactly. And it is interesting his comments because he clearly sees him seem as as a, a DM as well because he said that oh we're looking for a defensive midfield option. That's what he said, and he's clearly talking about uh, De Jong with how. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. I think it, it, I think he probably will play him in that number six role because we've not really been linked to anyone else. Yeah, and. Um, did you hear Xavi's comments recently about De Jong as well? It's saying he could play well at centre back. Yeah, that is mad yeah, because he, he has played at centre back for for Barcelona, and yeah, it shows that he is. Did that as well. Yeah, Ajax. Ajax and Barcelona. It shows he is capable of of of, um, of playing defensive midfield. He can play centre back, and you can play midfield. You can play defensive midfield, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't know about that. What you think if you can play? If you can play yeah, centre back, if you can play midfield, you. Sh- you can play defensive midfield for me. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought you were trying to say if you're a good centre back, you could play DM and vice no, versa. No, 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 definitely. Maguire at DM. There were some know. people always go like Lindelof's good at kick playing the ball. Like no, Jesus Christ. Position. Yeah, it's completely it's night and yeah, day. But if you can play midfield, it's like a box to box, and you can play at centre back, which I, I don't, I don't imagine he's a great centre back, but he can play there. Then I'm sure yeah, he, can, he can play DM. Um, so yeah, though those are my DM options. Do you want to throw any other DM into the mix? Or... Not, not really. No. I can't really think of anyone else who've been linked to. And to be honest, anyone else who's attainable who'd be decent. I mean, the, the best DMs that are about are Fabinho and Rodri. We're not going to be getting any one of them <laughs> anytime soon. Maybe no. when they're like thirty-five, we'll chuck loads of money oh, at yeah. it. That would be something we'd do. Yeah, yeah. Get them on the piano. But no, other than Sangare, there's not really anyone that springs to mind. I'm going to be honest, I could, probably could have done a bit more research for this, but I just haven't. And I'm not a European football expert either, so I'm not going to lie to everyone and say we should sign this guy from fucking Hertha Berlin. He's brilliant when I've never seen him play. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? 
that's my next one. Her for Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, right back, I've gone with. Um, so obviously, I've gone with the complete opposite to Wambasaka. I've gone with like a really attacking fullback in Dumfries. Okay. He's a bit questionable defensively, but last season, five yeah. goals and four assists in in Syria. He's he's a really attacking fullback. Um, yeah, from Inter Milan, I think he's attainable. He's relatively young. Yeah, maybe money as well. Yeah. He's completely Dutch, different. And he's Dutch. He's Dutch as well. He's Dutch as well, exactly. Fits there the profile. Go. So, yeah. you know, I'd be happy with right back Dumfries. Right wing, I've gone with a... I mean, it's not that out there, but it, it's not Anthony. I've gone with a Moussa Diaby. Brilliant. From I've just got Moussa. the same answers for everyone, mate. Oh, really? We, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we'd kind of planned ahead, obviously, what we were going to talk about. And, uh, you know... We didn't want we're, to know. We're keeping it a surprise, weren't yeah. we? We've just got the same I, people. I even said to you, I said, should we, just to make sure we don't have the same people, should we... Uh... And I was like, nah, nah, the surprise will be good. It'll yeah. start a conversation. We've literally got the same for everything. Yeah, but th- yeah. that's good. That means... That... We're on the same wavelength, exactly. aren't we? You know, we know ball. We know ball. <laughs> we know ball, yeah. But, I mean, have you got the stats? I've got. I've brought the stats deal. Oh, no, mate. mate nah, I did a bit of research for five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> 20, 23 years old. He's uh, very versatile. He's left-footed, so he, he, he can play on the right or left. Right. Yeah, can play on the right. And th- that's the thing that I like most about it, the fact that we haven't got that many options in, a, in, in attack. The fact if, you know, Rashford's out of form, which, you know, he probably will be this season, yeah. he, can, he can go over on the left-hand side. You know, if Sancho's having a few bad games or is injured, whatever can go on the right. That that versatility is great because we don't really. I mean, Sancho can play. Yeah. Seems like he can play left or right. Although he played best on that left hand side last season. Rashford can't play striker. Looks terrible when he's right wing as well. Can only. But well, this really is the thing, isn't it? Because everyone would be like, well, Sancho can play both wings, but he's shit on the right wing. And people are like, yeah. oh, Rashford started off up front. He can play up front. He can't. Yeah. And then people will say the same with Martial as well. So it's like everyone gets lulled into this false sense of security that we've got a really fluid front three when we actually don't. But I think Diaby's a good option. He's been heavily linked to Liverpool, so I fully expect them to sign him next summer or something if Salah goes. And then we'll be sat around probably paying 100 million for Anthony or some shit. Yeah. But he's, he's young, he's explosive, he's quick. It, I've not seen too much of him, but out of all mm-hmm. the people that we're linked with, I think he'd fit the team best. Yeah. Just a bit of variety. Like, we don't want... You know, Sancho and Anthony both playing. Do you know, like I said earlier, I've already made that point. Whereas, like, at least Rashford offers something a bit different. He's a bit more getting behind, explosive. But we need different options. We need different players and not people that are just doing the same thing all the time. And people that fit a system as well, rather than just going, he's the best right wing out there we can get for a decent amount of money. Let's get him in, rather yeah, than thinking yeah. how he's fitting the system. So I'd definitely take Anthony. Um, Dumfries again. Uh, sorry, I definitely DRB. take DRB, sorry. I mean, I'd probably take Anthony at the minute with what we've got. I'm not going to lie to you. But in an di- ideal world, DRB, although I think he has just signed a new deal at Leverkusen a few weeks ago. Oh, has he? I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's got an atta- I think it's got an attainable release clause in it, but I'm sure he did. You're not, not going to move in the same window that. that you sign a new deal, though, are you? Let's be honest. No, not really. Not unless it's a proper weird thing where you've already got a fit. Like, United go, we'll give you 80 million to sign a contract. Yeah, we'll give yeah. you more money. But no. Um, and yeah, Dumfries... He's quite um, physical. He's quite a big bloke. I don't think he's the quickest, um, which might be an issue in the Prem. He's quite. He's, I think he's like six foot, six foot one, quite a stocky guy. But he was good in the Euros. P- 
people thought he'd go to Italy and be a bit of a flop, and he's done really well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, I think he cost about thirty million quid or something like that, which is isn't that much money. And then you've got him in Delo, who I think he's better than Delo, but the kind of you know, it's not like you've got Trent and this Ramsey lad at Liverpool. They're kind of similar level players. So, you know, if, if Delo is not playing well, bring Dumfries in. I think they'd both be okay with that kind of role and then end the season, sell the other one, something like that, see what happens. So I think it'd be a good option rather than just bringing up like the likes of Ethan Laird, who's hardly played a senior game for United yeah. and expect him to deputise. It's the same problem with De Gea. Like you're going to think, oh, they might not play that much. But if De Gea does his ACL and it's out for six months, and you've got a guy who wasn't good enough to play for Aston Villa as our, our keeper. The same way with Wan-Bissaka, do you know what I mean? Or an Ethan Laird. So I think it's really important to have decent depth. It's been shown, you know, with like why Liverpool have fallen short of City because their drop-off from their starting eleven to their bench. Not, not as much now with the money they've spent, but in the last five years or so has been massive. So it's important to have a couple of good players in each position. It's not just about a world-class starting eleven anymore. There's yeah. so many games... Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And um, so I've got a, a striking option as well. I don't know if, if you included striker as one of your... I didn't, but I can think of someone. Go yeah, for it, so, so I've gone with a, a big shout here. Uh, mm. Tammy Abraham from Roma, 24 years of age. I think he would work in like a... He's very energetic up front. He can chase down. I think he works for the team really well. Um, yeah. In Syria last season, 17 goals. Um in, in in obviously Roma won the Conference League, which okay, it's a second rate competition, but for Roma third it's still rate. a big third rate, yeah. yeah. Um, um eight eight in twelve in that, so that he was instrumental in, in them, you know, yeah. lifting the trophy. Yeah, um I, he was obviously he doesn't want to st- stay in Syria, I'm sure. I'm sure he wants to move back to, back to the Premier League. I don't think we'll get absolutely rinsed on price. He might I be... think it'd be a good 70, 80 million. Do you which... reckon 70, 80? Yeah, I think, I think uh, when, when, when the likes of us in Arsenal and Chelsea were getting linked to him again, I think that's what was touted, yeah. Yeah, but this is but, why yeah. I think it's important for Ronaldo to stay an extra season. I know he you know, doesn't want to be there, but I think to push it one year down the line, because um, I think there's been a lot of strikers that have moved this season and we're, we're running out of, you know, decent options. So I think to push that problem one year down the line while we've got other positions that we need More to fill. More problem positions, Exactly, yeah. would would yeah. be ideal. Obviously, it, you never want to keep a player that doesn't want to be here, but, but still, ideally, if Ten Hag can have a talk with him, keep him for another year... Um, and then we push it one one year down the line, so we can solve other other positions, and that can be a problem for us next season. Then that that would be my idea. Yeah, but Tammy Abraham, I think that's a good shout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm. Just, I, I didn't plan for a striker, so I'm going to think off the top of my head now. People are like um, Mbappe. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Harland. Now I quite like Isaac, who plays with Sosia Dad. I feel like he'd be gettable. Jonathan David I quite like as well. Skamaka would have been a good shout, but he's yeah. going to West Ham, it looks like. I was quite impressed with Brozier as well. I know he's not ready yet, but I think, you know, maybe a bit of an understudy to Ronaldo. So if I had to pick someone, I'd go with Isaac. I've just been quite impressed with him. Okay. And I do like Abraham, but I don't want to go with the same person you said again. So I'll just yeah. change it up. But like, is it anything, if, if we're being realistic, it'll be next season. There could be way more people about, there could be more people available you know, so we'll see. But I think Abraham is a good shout. I'm not sure if he's quite ready yet for the top, top level. I think another like developmental season in, in Rome would be good for him. Do you know what I mean? And then bring him back to the Premier League when he's like 25-ish coming into his prime. But I think that's a good shout. But 
he's English, even though he's not playing in the Premier League, that it'd, be a, it'd bump his fee up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think Rome, I think Roma paid a good thirty odd million for him, so they're not going to want to let go of him for. They're going to want at least double that. I feel like to be yeah. honest. And I think we all know that Gareth Southgate bloody. He's like he doesn't watch any football outside of England. I think. Yeah, literally. Um, so I think it would help his 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 stake for for in, yeah, his international well. claim going back to yeah. the Prem as well. Um, so let's have a little bit of a review of our pre-season tour. So to go through the results, it was four nil trouncing against uh, Liverpool, yeah. then four one against uh, Melbourne victory, three one win against Palace, and then. To top it off, you know, we thought we were going to go with four wins, but just conceded that last minute um, equaliser to Villa. Dagger. Yeah. Dagger, mate. Um, but it does leave us undefeated on the tour. Um, uh, I guess there's not normally a good, great correlation between like pre-season results and your start to the season. Normally, I don't, I don't, no, I don't think. Really um, for me, this like there has been uh, quite a few interesting yeah. things. The strategy has been quite interesting in terms of Ten Hag starting his best team. Literally, very first preseason match against Liverpool. Yeah, you thought, okay, maybe just because it's against Liverpool, we wanted to, you know, didn't you don't want to be losing three or four nil in your very first game in charge as manager. So that's why he's gone with the strongest team. But he followed that up with Melbourne victory, um, starting a really strong team uh, yet again. So that strategy has been really interesting. Um, I've I've been impressed by a few things like the kind of the the attacking fluidity, the yeah. the way the fullbacks have been have been uh, pushed like really high um, up the pitch and the way we've moved the ball. Um, but yeah, I think Eric Bailly's looked really good as well. Um, oh, don't start with that shit, bro. No, I, I know. Don't, do not. No, don't get on the Eric Bailly hope again. Oh, I, if he if he could stay no. fit, it'd be the best in the world. But he can't, so just leave yeah, it there. Yeah, 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 exactly. Sell him fucking, you know, sell him a fucking Fiorentina for ten million and just get some money. Yeah, He's... but that's what that's what I'm, I'm saying. I mean, it. I think we could get a good, a, a decent price for him more than more than you would expect. He is a player that we yeah. can sell for ten, fifteen million. Yeah, and like like Phil Jones has not quite got to that that territory yet. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's been the the only thing I'm going to be honest. I've not watched. I've watched like probably if you add it all up, two of the four games, bits of each of them. They've been on at like two o'clock on a Wednesday when you're at work and stuff. So I've seen bits. The main thing I've been impressed with, and the only thing that I'm really going to take from this is that we actually look like a football team. We actually look like we've got an idea of what we're doing. People know what they're doing in their positions. People are moving around, interchanging positions well. And that, to be honest, is the only thing I'm going to take away from it. I'm not going to take away or Martial's got four goals in three or Rashford looks revitalised because it means nothing. These games are all to build fitness, to get to the grips with the manager's tactics. Even if you've got not got a new manager, just to drill that into you more and more if you're changing, tweaking things, getting used to playing with your new teammates, you know, coming all together for a bit and, you know, becoming friends with each other. I think that's the main thing pre-season's for, obviously making money as well, especially at a club like yeah. United, but... I'm not really going to get carried away. I've said this on TikTok earlier, like Arsenal beat Chelsea 4-0 last night. Arsenal fans are like, oh my fucking God, we're winning the league. Chelsea fans are like, oh fuck's sake, we're going to finish sixth. It means fuck all. It means fuck all. Like, I think you spoke to me about this the other day. Like, we beat Real Madrid in our preseason under Van Gaal Mm -hmm. with like two pretty full-strength teams. Where do we come? Fifth. Do you know what I mean? So it, 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 it doesn't matter. It literally means nothing, but... Yeah, I don't want to put a dampener on it. I think it has been good. Obviously, we'd be a bit... As much as you say it doesn't matter, if we'd lost all of those games 3-0, it 
then we'd be you know we'd be saying fucking hell. But but so it does matter to do it to a degree for your confidence in the team. But I'm not going to take too much away from it, other than the fact that they actually look like they know how to play football, which is always a bonus for a yeah. team worth like two billion quid on the pitch. It's always good. Yeah, I think one thing that's has been disappointing for me. I know it's annoying to focus on the disappointments, but. Um, is Garnacho not getting many minutes? I think it shows because yeah. I think he was a player that was knocking on the door last Out of season. All of them. Yeah, exactly. It's weird, isn't it? It is Maybe. really weird. The fact that we're yeah. short on attacking options as well, yeah. and Charlie Savage, Zidane Iqbal, like um, the like Hannibal, mm-hmm. they've all they've all gotten a decent amount of minutes on the, uh, on the pitch. Yet, yet Garnacho, who you think would be knocking on the door, is basically you know not had any. And I don't know if you saw his press conference, but he basically said the old generic. BS answer of you know I've got to select a team you know there's going to be players that deserve to get minutes that that do get on the pitch and, and players that deserve minutes that don't get on the pitch just like a generic you know answer so it, I think it yeah. it shows that he's not going to get any minutes like on the pitch next season. It's, it's a funny one because when you look at like the quotes and stuff that came out about him when Ten Hag first took over and like stuff from sources like the Athletic and Romano and whatnot. It'll, they all say that they're quite impressed. He's really impressed with him and he's going to hand him like a new five-year contract. So it doesn't really make sense as to why he's gone if he's not going to get any minutes. And like you said, I was going to say, well, we're short in midfield, so maybe that's why Zidane and Charlie Savage have played people like that to see if they can break into the first team next season and so we're not so desperate for midfielders. But at the same time, like like you said, he's a right winger. We don't have a right winger. I'm not going to say, like, we're not stupid. He's not going to play two games in pre-season and be the starting right winger for Man United next season. But from being on the bench at the end of the season, putting some good performances in when he came on, like decent little cameos, it's a bit disappointing that he hadn't got a chance. But I do... Yeah. Like, why not bring him on for 20 minutes against Melbourne Victory or Palace? You know, know, like the ones against... This one against Villa, I suppose, it's like one of the last games before the season. So I get that. But like the Liverpool ones, when he's changing the 11 at half-time or an hour in, you'd think he'd at least get... 10 minutes towards the end. Maybe they just took him so he gets used to it and it's like a nice thing for him. But it is a bit disappointing because I think he's pretty much the only player that's gone that hasn't played a minute. It is a bit odd. Yeah, I think we have signed a new deal for him. So at least we've got his signature secure if he is unhappy about that. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, that that has been the most disappointing thing for me. So shall yeah. we move on to Jay Ling's, uh, yeah, Ling's transfer? <laughs> It's an interesting one. Gone to gone to Forest. I think uh, I don't know if he's got a sign-on bonus, but I know his wages are absolutely mental, ridiculous. I was looking into this. I think it's one hundred eighty k, isn't it? I've, oh, I've got two hundred. I've read. Yeah, two. I've seen both of those numbers. Um, so I had a look at their their other wages for players in Lewis Graben last season. I think he's left now, but their, their yeah. striker was on twenty five thousand pound. Per week as their second highest. Jesus. That's almost ten, ten times higher. Yeah. Than their, I'm not sure how that d- dynamic is going to work in the dressing room. If he is their star player, if he is performing like, and he's clearly the best player out on the pitch, I think it's okay. But if if he's like, you know, he's like bang average or or whatever, I think the dynamic on the pitch, especially when he's doing all these bloody dances and stuff like that, I can't. Yeah, I don't I, get why people care about that. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can understand due to frustrations if he's playing poorly, and then yeah, you see that. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on like? It'll, uh, it'll be on an interesting one. It'll be an interesting one. I mean, I can't believe Lewis Graben was the second highest paid player. He's pony, but um, yeah, yeah. I think 
they're, they're going to have got a lot of money from going up and from winning the playoffs. It's dubbed as the most the richest game in football, so they've obviously got a lot of money. I don't think they could they'd do it if they couldn't afford him. It's a one year deal, so if he keeps him up, yeah. I think two hundred grand over the whole thing will cost them nine or ten million quid. So it's not that much for a club that's just got a couple hundred million pounds of getting promoted from the championship. If it does work, it keeps him up great. Maybe sign a new deal. Maybe if they can't afford him, we'll go, thank you for your service. Go to West Ham now like you fucking meant to two years ago. And if he does really shit, he'll leave. He'll still probably sign for another Premier League club in the season coming up. And they're not going to be hamstrung with a £200,000 player in a champ, £200,000 a week player in a championship. But it is a bit risky because you never really see anyone come up from the championship and have players on such high wages. Yeah. Like ever. I can't remember anyone ever doing that. Like even when Leeds came up and he signed Rafinha, he was their star player. I guarantee he was on no more than 50-odd grand a week. Yeah. And they're a pretty rich club. Same with like Sir Phillips and stuff like that. So it is pretty mental. But the rubber signings like um, that near Kite, the centre-back and stuff they've signed, and our near summer up front, I can't, I don't, I've never seen them play, but they've been fairly cheap signing some like mid-table-y Bundesliga and Liga and sides. So they've obviously got the budget for it. I'm gonna be, and do you know what? I'm gonna be glad to see him be the main man, to see all eyes on him, because I think if he did go back to West Ham, even though he was kind of the star man when he was there, they've got Rice, Suchek's brilliant, you know, Fornals and Bowen really came into their own the end of last season and just signed Skamaka, so it could be possible that he wouldn't start every game. And I think he's gone to, to Forest because it's a little bit more money than West Ham are offering him. And if he has a bad two weeks, he's still going to be in that team. It might upset the other players and whatnot. In terms but, of his England chances, do you think it? He's never getting back in the England squad. Yeah, but that's... I think he probably realises that because Mm. I think no matter how well he plays, he's not going to do it. He's not going to get back in uh, playing for Forest. Was he not back in when he was at West Ham, though? Yeah, yeah, he he was. He was, but he was the best player at West Ham and he struggled to get back in. It was like there was a couple of uh, internationals where he wasn't in and then finally he he got called back in after consistent form. At Forest, I don't think no matter how well he plays, he's, he's going to get back in. But then, um, when you when you if you look at the other side of that though, like Leeds in their first season, they didn't do particularly well. They were around mid table. Calvin Phillips was starting for England at the Euros. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's uh, true. I, I know we're a lot lighter in that position as we, but like we've not got many outstanding attacking like number tens. What Mountain Madison, Grealish more plays left wing now, and I don't think Mountain Madison are that good. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think reckon, Foden could I probably think, play there. Yeah, he doesn't know really, does he? Yeah. But I think he'd, he'd have to do really well and probably get 20 goals and assists or something to get back in. But yeah. Maybe that's what he's thinking. All eyes are on him. If they stay up and he keeps them up, it's good for his rep. And I don't know. Good luck to him, man. Good luck to him. He, to be honest, he's, he was probably on 125, 140 grand a week at United anyway. So it's not like he's gone from getting nothing. So I don't know. It's, I think for Forrest, as long as all the other players and managers happy with it, I think it's relatively low risk. Because if it doesn't work, he goes... Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's one season, isn't it? If it works really well, the fans love him. He stays and helps him, you know, climb the table again, and he could become a club legend or, I or think, get a move to another team. Yeah, I think he goes no matter what. I think he he goes if they go down, obviously, and I think he mm-hmm. goes if he's a star player, and you know he, he does really well. I think he goes to another, uh, yeah, another club because he's I on think... a. He'll be on a obviously free he, he, he he's in the same situation as what he is now where he can go anywhere yeah. so i think he'll look for to climb higher yeah but i think to be honest i reckon he's kind of fucked it for himself because if he's looking exclusively in england i think west ham is the best club he could be at and be a starter every week anyway 
Yeah. So I don't get why I didn't just go there in the first place. Like maybe a Leicester, you know, but he's never, he's not going to get a move to a top six team and start. I mean, I could maybe see Spurs picking him up because Conte is a big fan of him. He's, you know, he's aging. Conte likes an aging player on big money. But I don't think he's ever going to be a starter for a top six Premier League team again, regardless of how well he does. So I don't know. I feel like he should have really gone to West Ham. But good luck to him, man. I hope he does well. I'll be I'll be rooting for him. Yeah, definitely. Good luck, Jay Lings. Good luck, Jesse. <laughs> so let's talk about um, the top six signings. There's been a lot of movement in and out uh, of the clubs. So we're going to now rate the top six, uh, each of their windows out of 10. Okay. And then we'll, we can kind of decipher like yeah. who, has, we, who has had the best window. We're just going to assume this is it now. Like we're just saying, yeah, no, we'll do as it. Yeah. 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 So we're not gonna. Yeah, like we said, like United isn't gonna go from a four to an eight if we sign Dion. Which yeah, is going yeah. As well today. Just, okay. just do as if it shut today. Okay. Right. We'll go. This is not in alphabetical order. Or whatever. It's just any order, random order. I think mm-hmm. it might be reverse alphabetical. Ooh. Um, wow. Oh, that's exciting. So we'll go it? with Spurs first. So they've had Richarlison fifty-two million, Basuma twenty-six. Oh, by the way, that this they might be slightly off. I got them from tran- transfer market. So if things are slightly off, then not my fault. Blame them. Um, Spence thirteen million. Uh, Lungley on a, a loan for a year uh, mm. and Perisic on a free. So rate that at a 10. I'm going to go for a 7. Okay. Do you want me to tell you why now? Yeah, go, go why. Brief, briefly why, we'll go. Briefly, more centre-backs. If they're playing a back five, Longley is shit. He's yeah. shit. Every time I've seen him from Barcelona, he's been absolutely awful. I know they need to get money, but they're not letting him go because of that. They're letting him go because he's a bag of shit. He's awful. So I think that's a, a zero out of 10 signing, to be honest, even if it is a loan. And if they're playing a back three again, they've got Dyer, Sanchez, Romero and Longley. I don't think that's Champions League level centre-backs. Just Romero for me. Dyer had a decent season as well. I do. I think he was a bit rejuvenated under Conte. But I think for that alone, I think they're going to they're gonna struggle. And then Spence, he was really good in the championship for Forrest. But again, it's a massive step up. It might not work. He's still fairly young. His temperament seems a bit odd. He's calling like old managers out on Twitter, like Neil Warnock and shit. I just think he's, he doesn't. He hasn't covered himself in glory. He seems like a bit of a knob, if I'm honest. So I think that defence is still going to be very shaky. But Basuma, Perisic, Richarlison, all brilliant signings. Richarlison might not start every week, but great depth, like run about earlier. Mm. Basuma, I would have loved him at United. I, he would have been one of my main choices for that centre mid role. And Perisic, he's ageing, but he's he's class. He, Mourinho's been proved right, hasn't he? He wanted him five years ago for Martial. Now look at him. So yeah, so you went with a seven. I'm going to yeah. go with a six. I disagree on Richarlison being a good signing. Uh, Why? Bissouma, I, I'll go on to that because we'll revisit okay. that at some point. Um, uh, Bissouma's obviously amazing and the prices that you when united were linked to him were like 50 60 million and the fact he's gone he went for 26 i think it's you know really good yeah. business and i think spence you know i think is his what his ceiling is is really high i think for for what i have seen of him yeah. obviously big risk but he's still a young player he doesn't have to be go straight into the team he can be nurtured kind of into the team oh yeah then i think uh yeah well okay Maybe he does have to go in the team. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go with a, a 6 out of 10 for yeah, for, for Spurs. Um, so Man United. Um, right. So obviously, Lissandro Martinez, 52 million. Malasia, 
I've got 13.5 here and Christian Eriksen on a free. They're the, they're the three signings so far. So what what would you give that out of 10? A four. Four. Yeah, Maybe even fair. a three. Maybe even, I'm going to go 3.5 because do you want me to talk about why? Briefly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, the two big positions we needed to improve this summer that anyone could have looked at that's fucking blind <laughs> who's seen football once in their life is a DM and a right winger. We've not signed them, so what's the fucking point? We could have done with a centre-back, I agree, but we sat, we spent a, probably a third of our budget for the summer on someone that we is going to improve the team and the squad. But and, and people say, well, you know, you need these technically good players to bring the quality of the squad up. That is true, but it's not what we need right now. We've signed a left-back who, albeit looked good in pre-season, he's young, he didn't cost a lot of money, but we've got Tellers, who were a grit, admittedly, I think he's gash, yeah. but we spent 20 million quid on him. He played a, a decent amount of games last season, so we didn't really need him. We've now got four senior left-backs in the club in Tellers, William Shaw and Malassia, and there's no talk with selling any of them. We need a right-back more than a left-back. We've not done that. The only sign that I think actually makes sense out of this whole window is Ericsson, because he needed numbers in midfield. He's free. He might be on big wages, but he's not on Sanchez money, and I think he fits into a Ten Hag style of play. He's played at Ajax. He co- Ten Hag coached him last season at Ajax, and he's getting his fitness back up. So I think that's a good signing. Martinez is undoubtedly a good player. But when you're going into a transfer window needing a massive rebuild and we've still not felt solved the two biggest problem positions at the club, it, it it's fucking stupid. That, mm. that, that That's my brief rant on it. Yeah, Um. so I'd agree with you. I'd probably go two or three. I'll go two yeah. to, just to be different. The mm-hmm. I, I don't even think Ericsson's that great. I think Ericsson's only great if we do get a hold in mid because I don't think you can play Fred... Ericsson and Bruno three. No, I think definitely like not. we we need a holding mid in order to make that signing decent for him to actually get minutes because I don't think he's going to play over Bruno. I'll be really surprised if he did. If he did, yeah, I could see it if like Bruno has a bad few games and him coming in, but he's not going to now nah, start the season. It'll be Bruno. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm going to go with a, a a two for those reasons, and then I just you know agree with everything that that you said about you know Malasia and, and Martinez. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not slandering the signings at all. No, They're yeah. great players. Martinez is a, is a really good centre-back. I like him a lot, but it's not what we need. When you've already got a centre-back partnership that costs 150, 130 million quid, and then you've got Lindelof and Bayou cost 70 between them, to sign another one just doesn't make sense. But I do like him. It's not me saying I don't rate the signing. Yeah, so we had a question, why do you need a winger? you got Sancho. Because, I mean, we I think we did sign Sancho as a right winger, didn't we, really? Oh, we I'll thought he would. I'll but, fucking do it. But uh, yeah, uh, he, we tried him on the the right hand side last season. He wasn't wasn't great. We moved into the left hand side. Played all of his best games on that left hand side. He's pre season again. It's pre season. Who knows? But he has played on that right hand side and yeah. played well. So hopefully he can do that next season. But I think that is the reason why that has become a priority sign or remained a priority signing from last uh, transfer window because we tried Sancho on that right hand side. Didn't yeah, work, and then whoever you're playing on the right is going to suffer. It's like so you got Sancho and Rashford are our two wingers going into the season currently. You play one on the left, they'll do really well. You play one on the right, they'll do shit. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same thing. So Sancho is in good form, so you put Rashford on the right. But then it, it, it's just stupid. I don't get how anyone can say we don't need a winger. Honestly, it's mental. Yeah, Honest. and um, so going on to Manchester City. So mm-hmm. obviously Haaland. Not really heard of him for fifty-four yeah, million. Calvin Phillips for forty-three, and oh, Julian sense. Alvarez 
for on a, on a free. So how would you rate mm-hmm. their transfer window and, and briefly why? Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. I'm going to give it an eight just because I think they could maybe do with another winger. But apart from that, fucking brilliant, man. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Calvin Phillips is probably my, my favourite midfielder on the planet. Really? Like, I don't mean to, it, I don't, I'm not saying he's the best, but mm. I think I just love him. I just love his temperament. I love. I just love it. Like when he was playing for England, and I watched Leeds quite a lot. Obviously, as a United fan, and I just he's he's in eight out of ten, seven out of ten every single week. He's so consistent. He's good. He's good on the ball. He's good off the ball. He can play as a deeper in a number six role if you want. You can play him as a number eight. You can get forward. Plays line breaking passes. His vision's class. He's still what 24, 25. 40 million for an English player like that is, is fucking world-class, to be honest with you. And it does pain me because that was going into the transfer window. If you could have said once, I know he was, he's a Leeds lad, so it's not realistic in that in that breath, but one semi-realistic signing that's not Mbappe or Messi for your team, I would have said Calvin Phillips. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you think, if you got him, De Jong and Bruno or Ericsson, and there's so much technical ability there, that it would have been fucking brilliant. So that's a world-class signing. I could talk about him all day. Haaland, one of the best nines in the world, 55 million quid, an absolute steal. If they wanted that release clause, he would have been at well over 100. And Alvarez, I've not seen a lot of him, but he's meant to be a bit of a wonder kid as well. So, yeah, they've, they've swapped Sterling out, they've swapped Jesus out for younger people that in, you know, maybe immediately Haaland might not be dead consistent, Alvarez might not play every week, but in two or three years' time, you will have seen they've made the right decision. To be honest, I just think they could maybe do with another winger because we've sold a winger and bought two strikers. But apart from that, class. Yeah. Uh, again, to be different, I'm going to give them a nine out of ten. I, th- okay. I think they they need with selling Zinchenko. Obviously, I think they need a they need a left back. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah, but the fact that they've just got the players that they've got in with at the price that they've they've got, they needed a striker coming into this season. And they managed to get Haaland and Literally, Alvarez on a free as well. Best young strikers on the planet. Exactly, it's in one it, window. It's ridiculous. I know they signed Alvarez like a year ago in London back to River Plate, but still, like yeah. I said, in two years they, it will just all make sense. Do you know? Just, just, what's so the point? nine we're out of ten. Well, that's like, what's the point? Yeah. Um, moving on to uh, Liverpool. They had Darwin Nunes for sixty-seven point five million. I think that's without add-ons. Um, yeah, I'd call uh, hundred. Piss him off. Yeah, <laughs> for hundred and sixty-seven million. Um, Cavallo for five point three one million, and uh, Calvin Ramsey. I'm not even going to mention. Um, so yeah, how 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 do you rate how do you rate their window? Uh, five out of ten. Yeah. Just purely because, maybe even less, I'm going to go four. Just because Liverpool fans, Nunes will probably be world-class in two or three years. But right now, taking out one of your most consistent performers. I know Mane's had his bad patches, but in the past 18 months, he's been nearly as consistent as Salah. To take him out, I know he wanted to go. I'm not going to get into the politics of that because that doesn't matter objectively. But to let go of him and then bring in someone that's so raw, I just don't think it's going to work straight away. I think we could really struggle. And if you look at that front three now of Salah, Diaz and Jota or uh, or Salah, sorry, Diaz or Jota, then Salah and then Nunes, it's just a bit robotic for me. It's just a bit, do you know what I mean? There's not much technical ability there. It's very much bang, pace and finishing, pace Mm. and finishing. And I just think it might hamper them a bit. So, And then in midfield, I think they could have done with some midfielders. Henderson's getting on. He's not that good anyway. Milner's getting on. I think we could do more options there. 
Um, but the right back, I've not seen enough of, enough of him. But you know, getting someone who's actually a natural right back to play understudy to Trent, he's probably only going to play ten games a season. So I think that's a good signing. But I just think it's a big risk letting go of Mane and replacing him with someone that isn't guaranteed to get the goals. But we said that about Salah and Mane when they signed him, and he was right then. So yeah, if if I'm going to say a big shout for this season, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to say. Um, I'm going to say that Nunes will get dropped at some point for a significant spell during the season. Mm. I think he will. I think he will Maybe struggle. Or Jota. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Firmino still yeah, there, isn't about... he? Yeah, I was going to yeah, say that's that's, that's who I was thinking. He doesn't really start anymore, does he? So. Exactly. But I mean, he he has done the job, and I think I think Nunes will. I think it would take a season to to adjust to adapt. Obviously, coming from heavy pressure on him coming from in only playing really for Benfica. I know he did well. He's done well in Champions League games for them. Yeah. But but yeah, I reckon I reckon he'll be eased into the squad. I think Klopp does do that quite often, just he eases players in. Yeah. But I mean Cater I mean Cater Well he is gashed. He is <laughs> he's been his, he's been Klopp's worst signing, I think. Yeah, sixty um, million. It doesn't get spoke about enough that. Yeah. Um but yeah I think I don't think he's going to have a, a a big season. The people that are predicting him to have a uh, you know to be top goal scorer and stuff, I just I, I it's I only Liverpool fans it's all, that were saying it. It's all clickbait anyway. It's all clickbait. They don't yeah. actually believe it. Yeah, he'll either hit the ground running and get thirty goals, or he'll get ten. I don't think there's an in between with him, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, so I, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with three out of ten for Liverpool because I think their only yeah. massive significance on is Nunes, and I think the price is very expensive. Um. Yeah, and Liverpool fans, That's we're not it. saying it's a bad signing. In two or three years, he'll undoubtedly be up there with Haaland. But to take out a consistent performer like Mane and, pre- and replace him with someone that isn't going to do that is a big risk yeah, for me. exactly. It's a good signing, but not right now. If you sign him next season, then maybe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, on to Chelsea. Only two to talk mm-hmm. about. Raheem the Dream Sterling for uh, 50.5 million and uh, Koulibaly for 34.2. So, yeah. Out of ten, um, this is this is the toughest one for me in terms of when we're saying we're going to rate it based on now, because I think they're going to make some, make the most signings out of anyone towards the end of the window. So even though I said I wasn't going to do it, if they get Kunde, Kim Pembe, and a couple of us in, it will be a ten. But right now, it's probably a, I don't know, probably it's it's, it's got to be a five because they need more centre backs. But it does seem a bit redundant saying that because they are going to get them in. I think Sterling's an absolutely brilliant signing. It's consistent. People always say he misses open goals, but he still gets 15, 20 goals every single season. It's what they need. You know, they don't get enough goals with that front three of Werner, Havertz and Mount at the minute. None of them contribute enough. And I think Chelsea have made, really made a rod for their own back anyway, going off topic about Havertz, because under Tuchel's system, he just doesn't fit at all. Um, so I think that's a bit of a shit signing now. But I think Sterling's a class signing. guaranteed goals is exactly what they need. They need a goal-scoring winger. The likes of Ziyech didn't work. He's much more of a creator. So I think that's a great signing. Koulibaly, I've not seen that much of him in the past couple of years, to be honest. But Chelsea fans are happy with it. I, I don't know if he's a bit over the hill now. He's like 31, mm-hmm. 32. Yeah. But he didn't cost too much money. They need centre-backs after getting ruled, letting go or losing Rudiger and Christensen. So, yeah, I'm going to give, I think I said a five. I'm going to stick with a five. Yeah, I'll go different. I'll go four. Out. In fact, no. I'll go five out of ten. I've got to stick with you. Because I think Koulibaly... You know, I actually think thirty-four million for Koulibaly is quite, quite expensive considering I think he is thirty-two now. Uh, Might be I'm not sure. Yeah, sure uh, considering, 
losing Rudiger as well and getting Koulibaly, obviously a lot younger. Rudiger was class for them last season. So losing him and getting uh, Koulibaly in. Obviously, this is right now. They could get another centre-back. Kunde, I think they might get, although Barcelona look like they might hijack that. Um, But yeah, as it stands, I think Sterling is a great, um, obviously great signing for a great price. English player coming in for 50.5 million is, is... if, if his quality, I think, is and he's really only 27 underrated. as well. Like yeah. He's got at least another five years at his level. Yeah, so I think, you know, that's a really good signing. I think Koulibaly is, in terms of personnel, I think, is a great replacement for Rudiger. I just think, you know, price is a little bit more. If I was to push it, I think it's nearer a six than what it is a, uh, yeah. than what it is a, 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 a four. But, um, but, yeah, no, no, I agree with yeah, most of your points there. Uh, and at mm. Arsenal, I would say... I'll go first on. Just remind us. Gabriel Jesus for 47 mil. Zinchenko, 32. Vieira, um, 31.5. And then, you know, Matt Turner and Marquinhos. Don't know. Yeah. Not going to talk about him. Okay. Go on, you go for it then. Um, So, Gabriel Jesus. I actually don't think he's that good, to be honest. Um, Really? Yeah. I think he's world class, but I think he's still a very good player. Yeah. uh, I think he's going to be. He's obviously oh, he's a preseason wonder so far. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Um, but you know, I don't think he's that good. I think he's in terms of them losing Abamyang. Obviously, didn't want to be there. Uh, I think Abamyang's peak's definitely higher than Gabriel Jesus. Gabriel Jesus might be a bit more consistent. It will be interesting to see how he does perform, and uh, you know, it's not a bit unknown, isn't it? It's yeah, a bit unknown. You never is. really see him as the main man, so he could be really good. But yeah, but I think it does speak wonders the fact that Pep would rather play without a striker a lot of the time instead of play with Gabriel Jesus. Or I don't, I don't think that's a slight on his ability, though. I just think that's Pep's mental mind and how he likes to play football. Well, I don't think Harland will be on the bench in, in yeah, playing no, without a striker. A yeah, that's a different level, though, isn't yeah. it? Like, he's, he's obviously a level below Harland, but anyone with a brain knows that. Yeah. Uh, but I think him playing right wing as well sometimes as opposed to being being up front. Again, you could say it's just Pep's system. There is an unknown there. I don't think he's that great. Um, to be Fair honest, enough. I disagree. I think I think he's good. He links up play well. Is 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 what is is the style of number nine that Arteta needs anyway. Mm-hmm. And what I think mental. Yeah, I think uh, Zinchenko. Again, I think he's a uh, he's solid. Obviously. Premier League proven to, to to a certain extent. I think he's, but I think he's like average. To be fair, I don't think he's uh, he, think he's, he's that good. Yeah, I don't think he's that good. I think he's better than Tierney. No, I, I disagree. Uh, I think Tierney's a bit gash. To be honest, I think he's massively overrated. Tierney. I think he's obviously he's inconsistent, and you want your back four to be. Uh, sorry, you want your back four to be solid and be consistent throughout the entire season. You don't want to be chopping and changing. I know left back, you, you can change more so than what you would want to yeah. change more than so than centre back. But he's obviously going to get less injuries. Tierney's always injured, so it's necessary for them to to sign a left back. But I, I think Zinchenko is is a decent sign in that regard. That they're both on a similar level, Zinchenko and in in, in Tierney, but. I, I, yeah, I think Tini's better. I think if oh, both yeah. of them were fit, I would go with I would go with him. I get, I get. I think in the phys- physical side of the game, obviously Tini's better to play as fullback with his pace and stuff and his build. But I think Zinchenko's so good technically. Like it says a lot that he's a left back and he can do a job for a top fourth team in midfield every week. 
Yeah, you I know think what I mean? that's and a good... the way Arteta wants to play with the inverted wing backs like Pep does with Tommy Asu and Zinchenko. I think it. I think he he fits what he wants perfectly, mm-hmm. and I don't think thirty million quid is that bad. People might say it's a bit pricey for someone that doesn't start every week, but you are signing a good squad player from the best side in the world, arguably. So it's not and they're like a league rival as well. So I think it's a good signing to be honest. I I quite like it. Yeah, and I must profess I don't know much about Vieira. I haven't really watched no, him I'm play. Not. I know much, who so. he is. Yeah, I've not seen a lot of him. So no. thirty million is Porto, isn't it? Yeah, signing from yeah. a thirty million not. player from Porto. <laughs> I know it, it, it. Not watching him play, but commenting on his price is a bit. You know, that's uh, not that bad. The PSG paid forty five for Vitinha, didn't they? Yeah, but he, I think he is better. So yeah, what would you say out of out of ten for, for uh, Arsenal? Arsenal fans won't like this one if they listen this far in. I'm going to give it a four. Maybe four. a five. No, I'm going to go five. I'm going to go that's, five. Since yeah, because you seem to think. All of them are good signings. I, know, I, think, I think they are good signings, but if we're saying the window shuts tomorrow and they're not signing anyone else, I think they need more depth in midfield. I don't think mm, Elneny, any Shaka okay. and Partey is enough. I, don't think, I know Zinchenko can deputise there, but say Tierney is injured for six months like he inevitably will be. Then you've got Xhaka, Partey and Elneny as your three midfielders. I think Xhaka is a bit underrated, but I don't think he by any means is Champions League level. Elneny definitely isn't. And Partey's come into his own a bit in the last few months in an Arsenal trip, but the start of his first season was woeful he was shit and a, a, the big one for me is Gabriel Martinelli Ben AFC won't like this but he is not good enough he just isn't good enough if you want to be getting top four he's nowhere near consistent enough how old he's is he raw. I think he's 19 I'm yeah, not, he, he, he might be great in the future but he's inconsistent he's raw he's not brilliant technically he's not a deadly finisher and I just think that Chelsea goal you know that goal away at Chelsea a year or two ago just carried him to this point and I just don't think he's good enough to start every week for Arsenal so I think they need another left winger who can who's genuinely foot like a fifty million pound player who's going to start every week, and another midfielder to take it up a notch to a higher window, but to a better rating for me. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with three. I don't think I think the okay. signings are underwhelming. To be honest, mm. the ones that they have made, and obviously they need they need much more depth, like you did say, especially in midfield. Um, so City winning it all then, pretty much. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. we know that. Yeah. <laughs> so now. To, to kind of end it, um, the best and worst signings. And we're going to open this out further afield than the uh, than the Premier League. Um, no, Premier so, anyway. my, in fact, I say further afield, but my best signing is... I've got one for the Prem, which is obviously Haaland. I think 40, uh, 54 million for a 21-year-old already yeah. on, the, on the verge of being world-class already. It's just an unreal signing in a in a yeah. position that they needed as well. That that signing is unbelievable. And then my other shout is uh, Gravin Birch, twenty years old, moved to Bayern for sixteen point six five million. Twenty years mm-hmm. old, already got um, plenty of caps. I think it's I think it's over ten caps for his uh, for, for his country. Um, I, I would loved him to to have moved to United. I mean that would have fixed a lot of. You would have made sense. Yeah, would have would have yeah. fixed that. Uh, the midfield problem. So yeah, that's my shout for like further afield than the Prem. Have you got to? Okay. I think I think Gravenberg might be a bit raw to go in and start for Bayern every week, but I do think it's a good deal. Haaland, mm-hmm. yeah. I d- do you know what? He didn't even cross my mind because try to think a bit outside the box. So I've got two. They're both Premier League signings. Number one, Sterling. Obviously, I just yeah. think he's just such a consistent performer. I've said everything about him before. I don't need to say it all again. So Sterling's that one, and then the other one is Jao Pelinha. 
for Fulham. Okay. The defensive midfielder. Uh, every big club across Europe has been linked to him. The Portuguese people on TikTok and like podcasts absolutely wax lyrical about him. When I've seen him for sporting and seen him for Portugal, he's like one of the best players on the pitch. And 18 million quid for a player like that, who's still fairly young, I think is an absolute steal. I think it's inevitable that he'll end up in a higher up Premier League club in the next few years. You know, he's gone there. I'm surprised he's gone to Fulham, to be honest. It's a bit of a risk leaving Sporting for Fulham. But if they go down, he'll have a release clause. You know, I could see him going to a Wolves or someone like that. They'll have a Portuguese midfielder. I just think that's a really good, shrewd signing, to be honest, for the fee. Um, and a genuine quality player for once and not Fulham just throwing money at randomers. Yeah. So that's my outside-the-box one. But really, like, if I want to say one that I think definitely will do really well, I'd go Sterling. Yeah, it's a good shout. Um, uh, and for the worst signing, now I did say we would revisit it right at the very start. So, can you guess who uh, who is going to be? It is. Uh, I just tell you, it's Richarlison. It's Richarlison for fifty two mil. Uh, okay. Um, again, why though? Why? Because explain it. you didn't really explain it. Yeah, I didn't explain it because I wanted to leave it for it's for, about for now. Yes, go on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, like you said, okay, he might not start every week, but the fact that he was signed, like, kind of first in the window uh, when they have other priorities, like, I think they should have spent that amount of budget on trying to find a centre-back partner for Romero. Yeah, Like, that's their their, their most important position that that, that they need to to get Mm -hmm. covered. I think, think, you know, getting somebody in instead of Emerson was important as well. But, they, you know, they got yeah. Jed Spence, who's, you know, may not be of that level right now. But still, 52 million for Richarlison, I think, is a lot of money. I think his attitude is absolutely abysmal. I think he's so far up his own arse. You said about Jed Spence being, you know, atti- attitude problems. Richarlison is just screams like an arse. He's massive arse. Yeah, no, I, think, I just think he, he plays up to it on social media. I don't think he's a bad person in the dressing room. <sighs> Fans always love him wherever he goes. Yeah, I don't know. The way he comes across to me, I just, you know. Yeah, maybe he's, yeah. You sound a bit like a Liverpool fan there. But, I know, yeah. I don't know. In terms of that signing, I think it, like, I made a video on this as well, obviously. I just think that's the money you've got to pay now for decent debt. But I agree completely that I give Spurs a bad rating on the window because I agree. I think they should have signed people ahead of Richarlison. But if we're speaking just objectively about his signing and how he improves the squad, I do think it's a good signing. Because he's a quality player, he's fairly consistent, he's still quite young, he's still quite raw as well, even though he's been in the Premier League for a long time now. And I just think that's a price you have to pay for decent depth in the Premier League nowadays, especially if you're signing from another team. But he, Do you he not had think? a poor, Someone is... poor season last season. He was only well, yeah, right at the think, very yeah, end. He stayed up by like a couple of points. He's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna set the world alike well, playing that, in that team of shitters. That, yeah, but that you say team of shitters, but I think being the striker, I think a striker can get you out of trouble. Like and yeah, he well, didn't. He, did, he did get he did get some big goals for them. He yeah, did. right at the very end, but over the course yeah, of the season, it, it, yeah, yeah, right I at the very have, end. But I mean, yeah, I don't think they needed him. But in terms of like now, they've got Son, Kulusevski, Kane, and Richarlison. I think that's quality. Yeah, that's better than our front four. I think that's arguably oh, the best yeah. front four in the league, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. If you're yeah, talking yeah. about four players from each club, that's up there with City for me. It's better than Liverpool, definitely. Yeah. But I mean, that's that. That's my choice as an individual player. Looking at the bigger picture, I get why you're saying it. I get, yeah. I get it. Um, so, so am I? Yeah, yeah. 
Go with yours. Nico Williams to Forest for nearly 20 million quid. Uh, yeah, that's terrible, isn't it? What is that? How yeah. have Liverpool done it again? Yeah. They did it with Ive, they did it with Solanke, now they're doing it again with this guy. He's played a handful of games with them. Every time he plays, he's bang average. Mm-hmm. He's just not he's just not very good. And he's not that young anymore either. It's to because he like plays eight. for Liverpool. It's like, oh, yeah, that, he plays for it. Liverpool. It must be that's good. That's it. He must be good. He, he played 10 games. Yeah. He's, he's bang average. He's gash. So, you know, if it was 5 million quid, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. But 20 million quid nearly on someone that's so inexperienced at the top level to keep you up and be your starting right back for the season, I think is absolutely absurd. I'm sure there's other players out there as well, but in terms of how much you've spent on him to how good he actually is, I think that's probably one of the worst deals in the window for me. I just think he's awful. He's I do, yeah, I, I do agree with that. That is a, that is a terrible signing for that price. Uh, another one, Andreas Pereira to Fulham. Yeah, for... that's, a mad, that's a mad one. <laughs> he's, oh. he's, he's terrible. Honestly, Shit, he's I can't believe we got so bad. Yeah, you're proper, you're proper buzzing Fulham's like Twitter admin over it, like him with a Brazilian flag. He's not Brazilian, lads. He's from Belgium. Start. <laughs> yeah, he, he's yeah, he's he's a bag of cat wank. He's awful. I had but a look at his I'm stats last season for like uh, Flamengo. Flamengo. Mm. Nothing like not didn't shine in no, the they, bloody. They weren't willing to spend ten million quid on him that they'd previously agreed. So that says a lot that he wasn't good enough for the yeah. Brazilian. He got no offense, but but yeah, yeah he is that, he is. That's I, crazy. I couldn't, yeah, I've finally we've done a bit of shrewd business, which yeah, is we've like we've done a Liverpool with getting yeah, we've done a Liverpool there. Same if we got like somehow got like fifty million for Brandon Williams, that'd be like fair play. That's class. Because I think Graham Potter wants him actually, which is mental. Fuck knows why he wants him. It's a Kukurea replacement, bro. Yeah. Replacing Kukurea with Brandon Williams. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. That'll be a class sign of a city when it comes through as well, by the way. Yeah, that'll, yeah. That's I'll elevate it from a 9 to a 9.9. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was going to say. That, I mean, that was almost... I was trying to think who they, who they were getting it in it left-back because I knew they had one lined up and it is it is him. It's interesting that they got the bid rejected, the first bid, because... Yeah, they usually agree fees quite well, don't yeah. they? I don't really beat around the bush that often. City and the fact, that, the fact that Zinchenko went before they'd really negotiated yeah, and got that. Agreed. Exactly. Yeah, you'd think it'd be just medical and seamless contact tackle. Yeah. Like it has with everyone else, yeah. But that'll be a class signing. I mean, selling Zinchenko and then replacing him with one of the best young left-backs on the planet, to be quite honest, that I've seen at least. Yeah. It's just so city, isn't it? It makes so much sense. Um, I just want to say quickly before we end this, someone put this in the chat. Um what are your thoughts on Ivan Tony? He's someone I forgot to mention for United striker because I do think he's quite good. He's quite big. He holds up the ball well. He links play well. He's not a prolific goal scorer, but he's a very good kind of modern number nine. And I think he won't cost too much. Maybe Brentford go down, we get him in. So I think that's another shout I just want to throw in there for the striker role as well that we forgot. Yeah. And I think that's a good good one to end on. And I think that concludes our episode of Devil in the Detail. We will be back next week. Don't worry, you're not going to go off for like Another four or five months. <laughs> you bastard. So, yeah, we're back for the new season. I appreciate you um, for for watching. You can find us on Spotify. Um, Apple, Google. We're everywhere. We're fucking everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Devil in the All Detail podcast. As well. Yeah, Devil in the Detail podcast on Spotify. If you want to see the clips from the podcast as well, little TikToks, follow Deck on TikTok, RNA underscore Deck. I'm Dill Sweaty Ramble on TikTok. I might be banned by the time this goes out, but you never know. Uh, TikTok might have forgiven me. De- De- Devil ITD pod on Twitter. Everything will be in the description if you're watching it on YouTube as well. We're also on YouTube. It's fucking everywhere. We're going global, lad. 
We're going global. <laughs> so are we going to back, back next Monday then? This will be go, going out Monday morning. Yeah. Back next Monday morning. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Right. All right. We'll see you guys next week then. Thanks, lads. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye.